Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Welcome back, listeners. We have a very, very special guest. Um, as mentioned before, um, I would like to briefly introduce my wonderful friend, Don Southern. Uh, Don is a father, a pastor. He actually own his, owns his own business called Southern Online. If you are inter- interested in any industrial parts, he is the man to speak to, um, and we can link any type of information afterwards. Um, what I most value about Don is he is a Jesus-loving man um, and very inspirational, too. He's been a, a wonderful friend of mine in the short time that I've known him, a very hard worker, um, and uh, wasn't supposed to say this, but uh, he has a superpower, and some know, know him as Superman, but uh, I cannot confirm or deny this, so uh, you'll have to ask him. Just keep me away from phone booths. <laughs> <laughs> but without further ado, um, we would like to introduce you guys to Don Southern. Yay. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> One of those clapping. You ever been in those studios in Hollywood? Well, look. They tape the TV shows and they have the applause tracks. You know, just for you, we're going to add that part in. We're going to give you a clap track there. I might have given you an idea that's going to forever be part of your show. You're going to have clap tracks. We, Corbin, this is is a great idea. Yeah, and laughter tracks, too. I mean, come on. We're going to be like uh, friends on Netflix that that they have all the, all the, yep, yep. So, Don, let's get started. We're very excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, Thanks for having me. It's great. Of course. Um, If you would, uh, just talk us briefly through kind of who you are, maybe some major events in your life that have made you the man that you are today. Um, And if you need a little time to think, by all means, take it. Um, But just like I said, highlights throughout throughout your life that have made you the man you are today. Yeah, so, uh, wow. Um, where to begin? Uh, so I'm actually from North Carolina and grew up here and, uh, have a lot of family here, three generations. Um, and, uh, just grew up like everybody else went to grew up in the Greensboro area and, um, you know, work doing the typical jobs people do, uh, in life, uh, restaurants and different things over my life and had a big break in my life along the way where I got to meet with my wife's uncle who had a plastics company, got involved in plastics recycling, spent about 20 years developing process equipment to take your everyday plastics and turn them into, uh, actually ended up becoming flower pots and, uh, did that for a lot of years. And, uh, after doing that, I felt a call to the Lord and uh, began training for that and uh, obviously went through many hardships and difficulties getting there but we finally made it and the Lord brought us through and and here we are not only still handling industrial things that kind of helped me do my business today but um, in ministry here in Siler City and just enjoying every day right now it's been the best ever. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'm interested, if you don't mind sharing, could you dig in a little into the training for the Lord that you spoke about, that, that sure. transition? Sure, sure. I was actually um, 
relevant to our conversation today about you know faith and stepping out in faith in big ways i, I was actually at a um, meeting with kids i was at a summer camp in um in sophia north carolina or sophia north carolina and i was standing in a worship center one night and the band was playing and i was just crying out to the lord i was like lord what do you want me to do and uh, i heard him distinctly say one thing to me he said don be patient i'm preparing you and so he didn't actually call me to ministry or anything. Uh, I just heard him say that to me and it was just peace that came over me. And I thought, well, if you're prepared me, I might as well go to school. So I went to John Wesley University and uh, got a degree in ministry there and prepared myself. I figured that's what he wanted me to do. I mean, I figured if nothing else, I ought to spend as much time getting prepared, right? And so that's what we did. That's wonderful. Corbin, did you have something? Yeah, I mean, definitely. So walk us through the path and what sort of led you to make the decisions you you did make. So, you know, you talked about initially you went into plastics and then you you wanted to get a degree in theology. And then you came back and you wanted to you started your own business again, I'm presuming. So what initiated each of those decisions? I understand what got you into the into to studying the Lord and, and, and undergoing that process. But. What made you go into plastics in the beginning, and then what made you come back and be an entrepreneur at the end of it all? So back in the early 90s, uh, recycling was a big hot topic, like green is right now. Everybody wanted to be green. Everybody wanted to recycle, and I just thought it was a good idea. And, and uh, I don't know, I was just entrepreneurially minded. And like a lot of people, like a lot of young people, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30 years old, you know, I wanted to have all this, you know, wealth and greatness. And that's what I was really after. And so uh, I started a small route of recycling, uh, picking up recyclables from homes. I thought I was going to make it big going door to door, getting people to pay me $5 to come and pick up their stuff for them every single week. And uh, we did that for a little while. And then one thing led to another, because once you start collecting it, you got to know what to do with it. And we started um, finding pathways we could go to. And that's how I met my wife's uncle, who had a big plastics recycling company. He was actually making flower pots. And, uh, and we connected with them, started learning about the business, started a business doing that. And like I said, the whole motivation the whole time was just getting rich. It didn't really matter. I wasn't in love with that or anything. I was just in love with the idea of being super fabulously over the top, all I wanted, you know, rich. Um, so, uh, you know, and then as time went on, I gotta tell you that uh, things didn't go quite the way you planned. How many of you have ever had that experience before? Where <laughs> 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 you start going down one path thinking this is it, I'm gonna be the best, I got it all worked out. And then you find out the path doesn't go quite where you want it to. And um, that led to a crisis of faith in my life where I literally was at the end of my rope. I had 75 employees. We were running seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Uh, we were doing millions in business. Uh, very little of it was coming to my pocket. I was up all the time. I was working endless hours and I was just burned out. I was really burned out to the point I couldn't hardly stand it anymore. And then my business partners offered me money to uh, sell out my part of the business. And I just, one thing led to another and I got out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just this American idea of just being rich is the greatest thing ever was, it wasn't true. Not for me, it wasn't. And so I began to look for the Lord to say, God, what, what is it that you want me to do in my life? I could feel his presence. I could feel him pulling on me. And so um, I just started exploring that. Um, mostly I had a conflict of 
while I was going along with the idea of becoming a millionaire, uh, one of the things that I also went along with was the idea that um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll were all great. And you can do them as much as you want, anytime you want, and do whatever you wanted to. And that was my life, really. I was a heathen. I just did whatever I wanted to, wherever I wanted to, drinking, you name it. And, um, you know, you just get to the place where you get to end of your rope where your family is not being taken care of the way ought to. You're realizing that you're ashamed of things in your life. And uh, I was just getting broken. I was tired. I was broken. And it might have been the heavy hand of the Lord on me saying, God, saying, Don, I want you. And, uh, and so I finally acquiesced. I finally got to the place where I said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And one thing I was actually kind of in a place where I got forced to sell. I was, it was squeezed, if you will. And, I, and again, I believe it was providential. I think it was the Lord's hand and he was leading me to a place that was much better and uh, ended up selling out and, and doors open. Like, like I said, I was at a youth camp and, and I was sitting at the camp one night and, and the, uh, the leader there, the pastor there was talking about sins and repenting and different things like that. And he had us all sit around and, and write down all of our sins, the things we were ashamed for on a piece of paper. And, and uh, I remember thinking, man, I do not want to write this on a piece of paper because <laughs> he's going to take it up and he's going to start reading it. And it's going to be the worst ever. I'm going to be the most embarrassed person. And I, I mean, I literally on that piece of paper, I wrote down everything that was I was absolutely ashamed for. I wrote it all down on that piece of paper. And uh, and but I, I was going to hold on to it, though, you know, and he said, I want you to fold it up. And we made little origami boats or whatever. And that night we took him out to. Uh, we were standing around a bonfire and he said, now I want you to cast them all into the fire. And he says, the Lord wants to separate you as far as the East is from the West, from your sin. And so tonight, this is a demonstration of that. And so was, I, I mean, the relief that came over me as I threw that piece of paper into the fire was unbelievable. And, but also the feeling of God's presence and his forgiveness was on me. And so that night I came home and uh, I went to my house. Uh, when the camp was over with, I went to the house and I got in the house and I started collecting everything in my house that I thought was an affront that was something against God. And I went out in my backyard and I created a big bonfire and I threw everything in there. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon me in such a powerful way. Um, and my life was completely changed. I was never the same again. That is wonderful. That, that right there seems like a, a tremendous leap of faith in itself. And I'm so glad to hear that, that God moved in your life to that extent to make you who you are today. Um, knowing you, I would have never known that any of that was a portion of your life. Um, the only part I really knew about was that the millionaire by 30. Um, <laughs> if you can imagine too, I mean, when uh, I have a saying that the more you invest, the more you love and the more you love, the more you invest. Uh, Corbin, in the middle of what you're doing right now, you're investing a lot of time and energy. And the more you do it, the more you're going to love it. You too, Chance. I mean, whatever you spend your time on, you fall in love with it. And, um, and you have dreams for it. And so I had a lot of love and dreams. So in order for me to say, I'm not going to do this anymore, something had to come up to say, all right, we're not doing We're going a different way. Uh, and that does take a leap of faith because you have so much invested. I mean, so much, so many years, so much energy, so much time to finally just let it go. And say, all right, I'm going a whole different path. I met a guy on a plane uh, going to Guatemala one time when we were going on a mission trip to Guatemala. And I looked over, I started talking to him. I said, what are you, uh, how are you doing? I introduced myself, got to know him. I said, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I just gave up my, uh, I don't know if he said six figure, but he had a pretty good income. 
coming in from a job where he worked for the government doing something or another. And, and uh, I said, what are you doing on the plane? He says, I'm giving it all up. I'm moving to Guatemala. And he's like, uh, and he started telling me about his dreams, about what, how the Lord had led him and he was going to go do something in this area. And, um, you know, a leap of faith like that, I mean, you come to the place where you're disenchanted about something in your life, the path that you've been sold, the path you've been told. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit always grabbing on you and saying, I got something for you. If you'll just trust me and come with me, I'm going to give you homes that you didn't build, food you didn't plant. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to fight your enemies for you. I'm going to provide for you. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be laid unto you. And I just believe that's what happened. That's what God's calling us to. He said, if you'll walk out with me in faith, I will do things for you you've never even imagined, things you could have never thought possible. And I'll give you an example of this um, in the Bible where the two blind men are coming to Jesus and they're following Jesus. And um, they, Jesus turns to him and says, do you believe I can heal you? And they said, yes, Lord, we believe you can heal me. Uh, you can heal us. And he says, well, then let it be so according to your faith. And this is, this is the dynamic of Christianity that people sometimes don't give. They think it's a prayer that is one and done, but it is this act of working out your faith with fear and trembling as you walk with the Lord, trusting in him more and more and laying down your life for him and saying, I'll give you this area now. I'll give you this area now. I'll give you this area. And then watching how he works marvelously in your life, how he miraculously moves through your situation and provides for you like you never imagined. And the joy, what Paul calls the incomparable riches that come out of having faith in what Jesus wants to do in your life. I think uh, I think we could definitely see where Jesus uh, gifted you with the ability to preach and become a pastor, especially within within your recent speech. So, um, Corbin, did you were you going to say yeah, something? Yeah, no. There? I mean, cert- certainly well articulated, and, and I think you're. You're nailing the theme of our season right on the head, you know. A lot of people have came on here and said it in different ways and quoted different things from the Bible, even even myself. I told my story a couple episodes ago and just referencing this jump off the cliff. I don't know if there's a bottom, but hopefully God's got me, that sort of thing. Um, I think that's a really nice illustration of that. So we really, we really appreciate that insight. Uh, so, Chance, I got to go ahead I want to tell you this real quick, though. I mean, just because it hits my mind. I haven't been on a trek where I've had to deal with bears or anything like that. I'm sure I can think of something that's pretty, pretty awe-inspiring. But if there was one thing I could share with people about stepping out in faith, is like you get opportunities to step out in faith every day in some of the what you might consider to be some of the simplest and most mundane areas of your life. And what you want to do is develop a habit of stepping out in faith. Like, don't neglect anything. Like, let every moment be an opportunity where you can step out in faith, whether it's just to reach your hand out and say, hey, my name is, or it's, I think I hear the Lord saying something to me. Like, I need to come over and put my arm around somebody. Stepping out in faith is a a daily activity that's not just for the giant things like, um, like, um, I, I was thinking of the guy, Borden, who went to China. Uh, I mean, nothing like that. I mean, that's one aspect of it, but God allows us to have opportunities to step out in faith every step of the way so that we can, he says, I'm going to test your faith and I'm going to see, and I'm going to develop perseverance. I'm going to develop character and I'm going to develop hope. And your hope becomes greater each time you say yes, whatever the little thing is, whether it was to pick up the phone and call your 
friend and apologize for something you said or, or to somebody that you might have uh, offended. But trusting that God, what God said is true and then doing it, oh man, the Holy Spirit builds in your life. That's, that surrender vacates a place for more faith to come in, for more of the Holy Spirit to come in and allows you to walk out in a greater faith than you've ever been able to walk before. Thank you, Don. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Obviously, yeah. you being the interviewee, could you tell us maybe a time or two, maybe a, a, a larger time in your life and maybe a smaller time in your life where God put that on your heart to say, hey, Don, take this leap of faith, talk to this person, or take this action that might be inconvenient or uncomfortable? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, he, sp- he spoke about it before, you know, the one P- I, I really liked what you said. We're interested to, to dig into more instances of it, but whenever you made the, the made the switch to to pursue becoming a pastor and giving your life to God in that way, as opposed to, as you say, the the heathenist, the heathen uh, activities you were taking in before that. But is, is there any other instances as far, as far as, like, starting your second company or whether that was still going on or anything to that magnitude? Well, again, I mean, uh, <laughs> I know you're looking for significant story because we're trying to create appeal and that sort of thing, and I, and I have a couple. Um, um, you know, whether it be, you know, looking at my, I mean, we were at a conference one time and um, in 2007, and uh, my wife and I, when we were through the conference, we looked at each other when we were done, and, and we both said to each other, I believe the Lord's calling us to ministry. And uh, wants us to sell our house is specifically what we said. And uh, we had just invested in a 4,000 square foot house. Uh, we had, we remodeled it and we were bringing it to completion. And this idea of selling our house was really, really hard. Uh, it was our dream house. It was a place we were going to retire. It was a place we were going to live forever. Um, and we had put so much sweat equity. We invested so much. We loved it. And uh, when he said, do it, we, we didn't act on it right away. And I'll just tell you, in 2008, the bottom dropped out, as you know. And uh, so the market died. And we ended up waiting after I got called into ministry. We ended up waiting for five years. I, I, I actually wrote checks for over $2,000 every single month for five years while I waited for And my wife stopped working. She's a nurse. And uh, while we waited for somebody to buy it. And then when we sold it, we ended up losing $50,000. And I can't help but look back on that. I mean, that's not the happy ending story maybe you're looking at. But I look back on that story and I think, if I would have just said yes to the Lord when he said, it's time to sell, then I would have sold it right before the market would have went out, potentially. And that would have, and you know, you're always hindsight's twenty twenty. But the question is, if, if God's really working at it and he's saying, do it now, you got you to gotta believe that God has something going on in that moment. And there is a window of opportunity. It's not, it's not, it's not to say that you're going to surprise him. It's not to say you can't do something else in your life. But it's just to say that you need to say yes when God says yes. This, the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Do not harden your heart like they did uh, in the wilderness. But now is the time. And so when the Lord's calling you to do something, that act of faith, you have to step out. Um, the same thing went with... Uh, uh, with just coming into the ministry um, to say yes and to actually step out and sign up for a class. But that seemed like a small step. Uh, I had a pastor one time who was working as our visitation pastor, and I was just a parishioner at the time. I wasn't doing anything but ch- attending church. And uh, I, the church said, we're going to have to let him go because we, we, we don't have enough money to pay him. And he was a very, he was a mentor of mine. 
And I just remember the Lord saying to me, I want you to take your lawnmower and I want you to start mowing the yard. And uh, I didn't even think twice about it. I just said, yes, that's what we're going to do. And we ended up saving the church a ton of money mowing the yard. And so we were able to keep this guy on for a long time. So again, another instance of that. But uh, even greater instances are times when uh, we just recently got through with a trip to Africa. And uh, I don't know where the money was going to come from. I had no idea. Uh, but we just said yes. And we started walking in that direction. And I decided to build a barbecue grill out of a LP gas tank that you have in the back of the yard and started cooking barbecue and selling that. And we made enough money to make it to Africa. Uh, so little things like that, you never know. And, and I'm just going to tell you, the idea when we got to Africa was that me and my friend, my pastor friend that I went with, we were going to go to Africa and we were going to teach some people a few things about the Bible. And it was going to be a 10 day trip of just teaching folks. And little did I, I thought it was just going to be a small group of people, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we would go to place to place and people who just didn't know anything about the Bible. And it would just be a time of sharing with them. And when we got there, we found out it was 10 days of preaching nonstop, two times a day to different places all over Sierra Leone, Africa. We traveled for hundreds of miles, going to churches where people had stayed up all night long, rooms with 50 to 100 people just sitting there. And we're like, I can't believe you got us into this because this is what we were thinking there were gonna be kids in a corner or something like that, you know, and then we were gonna teach a few. But all these people had come and were hungry for the American pastors to you know, teach them a thing or two. And I'm gonna tell you, you wanna you you test your faith? One time we were two hours late showing up for the church and people had been sitting there for two hours waiting to hear the American pastors preach. Challenging moments in your life where you just, and the other thing too is it's like, it's a third world country there. You never know what you're gonna go up against. So these are moments though, you just, you just say, God, I know you're in it. You know, this is what you want us to do, then we're gonna do this. That is awesome. That's inspiring too. That that experience. Um, were you really nervous That's crazy. When, when you showed up to the the uh, two hour wait? Yeah, yeah, nerve wracking. I mean, just no, we knew they were on the phone yelling at each other. Where are you? Why aren't you here yet? And the pastor that was with us, he was like, "We're coming, we're coming." And you're just in your mind, you're just having these ideas about your own family, your own church. Who would sit there and wait for you for two hours? <laughs> and man, to know that you had the responsibility to lead these people in some sort of like spiritual worship time after two hours of screaming and yelling and being angry. It's just, it was unbelievable, but it worked out. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful night. That's wild. And I've got an additional thought on that. I think it's great that you illustrated an example of a time when you didn't take the leap whenever you were called to do so and sort of the procrastination and overthinking and because I relate with that experience and I think a lot of people probably do as well you know the people who were listening to this and thinking oh man I'm feeling called to do something but I'm not doing it and they know they have that in them so I think that's really illustrative of, of that sort of thing as well so we really appreciate that and I hope that the viewers can see that and see what see what resulted so that you can better conceptualize what could happen if you don't act on something to that magnitude. Sure, so sure. really appreciate that. Don, I do have a question. So you you have already provided so much great content with as far as the, the big leaps of faith that you've taken. It seems like you're such a man of faith. You live your life in the sense that you're taking leaps of faith all the time, and that's made up your lifestyle, which I think definitely brings you closer to Jesus. 
Um, I'm curious of a very small minor instance, like one of those that, hey, I'm Don, instances that maybe God said, hey, I want you to do this, maybe like in the last week or two, that you thought this this is the most minute thing that I really don't think that it's worth my time, or maybe not worth your time, but it's small that you were like, God's leading me to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have those stories where, you know, you dropped everything and God called you and you went to, you know, the Amazon jungle and you can tell stories about how God's been faithful. Those are all great and really important because people need to know they're there. But I also like to relate to people to the level of, you know, where we are every day, all of us. Um, and I mean, just the other day I was in the auto parts store and um, I seen a guy behind the counter. I seen him before and I had already characterized him in my heart and mind because I, I heard him interact. And this was some time past, maybe a year ago. And so um, I, I wanted to tell him about Jesus. And, uh, but I was in a hurry and I was like, I gotta go. And, uh, and I just happened to lean over. I've, I've come to believe in my heart that, you know, we're too big of a hurry. And we need to learn to stop and just start saying hey to somebody and start talking to them and be ready to just drop everything you're doing because God wants to use you in that moment. And so I, I, uh, I stopped and I said, um, you ready for a big day in, in sales today? It was an advanced auto store. And I said, are you ready for a big day in sales? I said, I really know how customer service can be very difficult. And this man, he started talking to me. And he started telling me about how he used to believe that. But now he said, you know what, I've come to realize that people come into auto parts stores. And he said to me that most people, it's the last place they want to be. They don't want to be at the advanced auto. They don't want to be buying parts and fixing their car and doing all that kind of stuff. It's the last place. And he says, I realize how tough it is. And the Lord has taught me to be patient with them and just to help them everywhere I can to get through there. And man, I was floored. I was just like, this is not the guy I remember a year ago. I don't know what God has done in your life, buddy, but this is amazing. And I was just so thankful that uh, I had an opportunity not just to say, hey, Jesus loves you. And let me tell you the gospel, but for a person to just like, just to take that moment to listen to somebody and realize and just hear what God was doing in his life. And I was just so blessed and, and just walked out of there. I've had other instances, though, where it's like, I'll walk up to somebody and just say, you know, I just want to pray for you or something like that. In fact, try that sometime. If you want to talk about an amazing thing, just talk to somebody and listen to them for a moment and say, can I pray for you? And then lift them up. Um, and uh, those are very powerful, powerful times where you can really reach out to people and show them, show them the love of Jesus Christ in that moment. I want to contribute to this as well, because I won't name any names or any specific instances, but let's just say in a setting where me and Don were together, we, uh, there was a friend that was there, and more or less, it was one of the most, I would call it one of the most miraculous, miraculous things. It was, then the reason I bring this up is because I think it was, it was a leap of faith on Don's behalf again. It was an odd moment. I didn't know Don that well, and Don kind of just stepped out you and said... You didn't know me at all. I, I think it might have been the second time. <laughs> I just chewed you out. Oh, yeah, it was the second time. It was the it? second That's time, right. and, and it That's was... Right. To me, my experience, my experience was, I would use the word odd. I wasn't uncomfortable, but it was like Don just kind of went on a limb and said, hey, like something, he more or less, like I said, I don't want to go into specifics solely for just uh, name purposes, but Don just stepped out into faith and says, hey, I feel that you're having something going on with this, this specific thing he talks about. And and my, my, my friend goes, yes. Well, at first he kind of goes, 
kind of, and then Don elaborates. I know this is very vague. More or less, Don brought up something I thought very... I thought I was having an affair with his wife or something. That's what I was worried about. <laughs> it's like, how do you know this about my wife? What is going on here? But, the, but that wasn't the case. But, but yeah, and it was it was miraculous. And we prayed, and it was, it was a wonderful experience. But from a viewer's standpoint, the leap of faith showed me things, showed God in that moment, and it's just, uh, it was wonderful. So... I just want to bring that to light so as well. So have you guys ever heard of words of knowledge? So you've ever heard of that, Corbin? I don't think I have. It, no, I haven't heard that, no. Okay, so words of knowledge, I would be, it's almost, it's prophetic. Um, it's a way that, uh, it, and it happens a couple of ways. Like right now I could be saying, you know, that I'm, I'm, I could be feeling that I have a certain pain in my body or there could be something that I relate to. And I just think, where is this coming from? And it could be the Holy Spirit speaking to me about you in particular. And so there are people that Christian people who um, talk about looking at people specifically and then saying, seeing through them and actually seeing what their issue is. And this prophetic word that they get can be very alarming for them, enough to wake them up and say, hey, how did you know this about me? How did you know that particular thing? And so uh, with Chance's friend, I mean, I, I've tried to practice looking at people and going, hey, I, I see something. Or just get a sense about something that's going on in their life, okay? Um, it may be surrender, for example, or, or it, may be, uh, it may be something very serious like cancer or a hurt knee. I, um, anyway, I, I, on a side note here, I heard a story one time about a lady who uh, was getting ready to walk into a convenience store and the Lord told her to walk in the door and stand on her head. And she said, Lord, I'm not, I, I'm, I can't do that. There's no way. And so she uh, walked in the door and being obedient, she got over on the wall and stood on her head and the, uh, the, the uh, convenience store cashier looked over at her and started crying. And she was like, what are you crying about? And he said, I was just sitting here praying, Lord, if you're real, send somebody in here and stand on their head. True story. I, I know another specific story where uh, a, a man was, uh, he, he's a drug addict and his didn't have any money for church, I mean for church, for Christmas uh, to buy food for his family. And he'd gone in the grocery store to buy what he could. And he said, Lord, if you're real, have somebody give me a hundred dollars. And a man walked up to him and handed him. I know the story because the man was, it was his, what he does is he gives out hundred dollars at Christmas time to people, just random people. And he just happened to run into this one guy who was a drug addict and gave him a hundred dollars in that moment. Now these are moments, I know more God stories. Like I knew a lady from Salvation Army in, in Eden, North Carolina. I knew her personally and she was driving home one night and the Lord told her to stop at a house and bring a gallon of milk and come to find out when she stopped at the house, there was kids in the house that had no parents and they had no food. And I've heard this story told more than once with, with different um, scenarios where like um, the father was, and the wife were just praying, we have nothing to feed our baby and somebody brings a gallon of milk. And so these kind of things, these moments in our lives, we kind of discount them, but the Lord is speaking to us in powerful ways. Uh, he speaks to us all the time. I have a friend who says, you know, you don't believe the Lord speaks to you, but if the Lord is your best friend, what, how would you feel if your best friend never talked to you? And of course, the answer is you feel terrible. And that's the way we ought to feel about Jesus. I mean, he wants to talk to us all the time, whether it's in dreams or visions or, you know, just moments where you feel I had a dream one night and I had a dream about a, a friend of mine and I had a dream that he was um, 
the dream was crazy because I thought that I saw him in a pornographic addiction in a shed in the back of his house and uh, some other things. And I call, and so I, it was a friend and I called him up and his wife answered. And I began to talk to her and I said, I had this dream about you guys. And uh, I said, is your husband home? And she said, yeah. Um, and I, I just, she said, he's not, he can't come to the phone right now. And I said, well, just let him know I was dreaming about him. I had these dreams. And um, she said, I said, is he okay? And she said, yeah. And so finally I called him up. He, after I hung up, she called me back. Literally, I mean, not her, but her husband called me back in just a few moments and said, you know, Don, if it meant that much to call you, you, you told her you had a dream and about me and that kind of thing. It took that much to you, for you to call. I had to call you back and see what was going on. And I told him about my dream. And he says, well, that's not really happening in my life. Now, I don't know whether it really was or it wasn't, but, but I just stepped out in faith. And let me tell you what happened is, is that he, in my life, as long as I've known him, I've never known him to be a believer. And he began to testify to me about his faith in Jesus Christ and what's been going on in his life. And it was just a beautiful time of opening a door. So it wasn't exactly what I thought it ought to be, but it became something in, in my mind even more beautiful. So that's crazy. That the the uh, I don't know if I'd use the word all. I would use the word boldness, not the audacity. The boldness to be able to say something that might not settle well with someone that's kind of yeah. off. That's amazing that you you get that result. So. I would pray that everybody would be able to to know Jesus and to have the Holy Spirit speak through them as much as it does through you. Well, it's it's more of an expectation, you know, um, like you know that you really you think He's going to speak to you today, that He's going to talk to you, that He has something to say to you. Uh, you know, the woman at the well, and I hate the hog, but you know, the woman at the well. Now, hey, this is your interview. <laughs> I know, just like I think about Jesus. You know, He woke up in the morning. It says He wakes up early in the morning. Sometimes He'd spend all night. And, you know, he says, I can only do what I see the father doing. And you think about, uh, did he literally say to, did God literally say to him, tomorrow you're going to go to um, Samaria and you're going to meet a woman at a well. And I want you to be there at 12 o'clock. And this is what you're going to do. Did he say that to him? And Jesus said, yes, sir. And I'm up and I'm walking, I'm doing. And you just can't help but think it's like, I don't know what I should do. The Bible says you abide in me and you'll bear fruit. And so I don't know what I'm supposed to do necessarily, but it says, if I, if I offer myself as a living sacrifice, he will show me, he will show me what his will is, his pleasing perfect will. And so I can't help but think like, how detailed does this get? You know, like what, what can I say? What is possible in this moment? Uh, when I walk into a store and I meet somebody or, or I stand on my head or I do this or I do that, what is possible? And I believe that only when you start surrendering and surrendering and surrendering and keep giving up, your rights and letting God speak through, you know, just give, take it. My friend always says that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. So when you keep taking the risk, God's going to reward that because that's faith. That's awesome. I think these stories are so enlightening, especially for those who already know Jesus, who have faith, but they're trying to find these moments on how to step out into faith and how to trust in God. And I think you've provided many wonderful examples for people to do so. Um, it is, it's amazing to me that people find themselves, um, they, they go to church and they don't understand really anything beyond the church service on Sunday. And the reality is, is that it's only getting started. It's only getting started. I mean, as we read the Bible, our faith increases, our knowledge increases, our abilities increase. Jesus said, "If you, whatever you see me doing, if you believe in me, you'll be able to do this and more. 
And you have to start saying to yourself, what did Paul mean when he said incomparable riches? What does that look like? Incomparable. What does that look like? You know, and it just keeps getting revealed to us. Uh, these things will follow those who believe. They'll heal the sick and raise the dead. What? what does that look like? You know, I've never done that before. But it's just there's so much more as we uh, you have to believe there's so much more. It's not just a job. Wake up and go. It's every day as you turn your eyes upon Jesus, when you get in the secret place, when you cast off that which hinders and the sin which so easily entangles, and you fix your eyes on him, what he wants to release in your life, the glorious joys. It's not just say a prayer, check off the list, I'm not going to hell, thank goodness, and I'm going to heaven, and then just go live your life. It's Jesus saying, man, if you will surrender to me every chance you get and give me an opportunity, I will show you what you've never, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can, and can conceive, what God has planned for those who love him. Yeah, I think that's a little scary, but on the opposite side, it's so exciting. It's just getting past, uh, like you said, taking that risk. Uh, Don, I have one final question of you, um, question for you, just to be weary of your time. If you had a quote that could go up on a huge billboard, what would it say? Uh, a quote? So the one that pops immediately to my mind is, what if? What if God is better than you ever imagined? What if Jesus is more loving and wants to do more in your life than you ever imagined? What if you can hear things? What if there's angels in the room? What if they want to increase your abilities? What if your hearing, your spiritual hearing, could be opened up to hear things you never even imagined? Just the, the whole concept of what if there's something more. What if you heard it right here from Superman? I mean, Don. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Don, um, like I said, thank you so much for your time today. Um, we truly appreciate you jumping on. And I know that um, listeners will get so much out of this. Uh, personally, I took away so much. I know I've heard some of these stories from you in the past, but not all of them. Um, it's always enlightening and inspiring, and it gives me motivation to follow my heart when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. So I think the testimony from you encourages others and myself to take those leaps of faith each and every day when God presents those Absolutely. opportunities. Amen. So. Yes, yes, yes. So. I want to say a prayer for you, Ken. Can yeah. I do that? I want to yeah, say a prayer please. for everybody that listens to this. So God, I, I'm, I'm stepping out in faith right now because I didn't plan this and I just believe it's your will uh, that everybody would know that you have in gifts that are available to people, that this is not just about a one and done prayer, that this is about a relationship that grows sweeter every day, the faith that increases, that allows us to do the impossible. I can't help but think about Moses and how he went from somebody who said he couldn't even speak to, to judging over a million people, helping them through their every day. Uh, God, what, and, and the fact that he sat with you and the, your glory shone on his face. Again, when he started out, not even believing that he could do anything for you. And I just pray, God, that people who are hearing this, their faith would increase and that today would be the day that they would step out to something that God is speaking to them, because I believe God's speaking to everybody, and that he and that they would step out in faith and start walking in a wonderful world of joy that you have prepared for them. That your word says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that have already been prepared. I pray that today would be the yes. What if this were true? And they would start walking out in that. Lord, I lift up chance and 
and uh, Corbin and pray for your hand upon them. Bless what they're doing. Help them to increase. Bless their finances. Help them get the word out. Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Don. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you. Of course. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Listeners, listeners, uh, thank you so much for joining. We will surprise you with a special guest next week, so stay tuned. Love you guys. If you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love, you can do so by subscribing, downloading, and telling your friends and family about us, especially if you feel that they could benefit as well. Also, if you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose Podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates Program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising commissions by advertising and linking to Amazon.com and its affiliated sites. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose Podcast. See you next week.